Today, the title of this message is The Very Spring. Can you say The Very Spring? Anybody ever feel drained? I'm asking, okay, some of y'all are fakers. I'm going to ask you again. Any of y'all ever feel drained? Exhausted, breathless, empty, going, you know what I mean? I've been there, dude. Like, I remember I got, when, when I got COVID, man, there was just like leftover stuff that was trying to get me down for so long. And I just had to like eventually be like, no more. In Jesus' name, I refuse this exhaustion. You know? But I tell you what, man, some, we don't even need COVID to get exhausted. All we need is what the Bible calls broken cisterns. Can you say broken cisterns? Now, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about, but before I do so, we're going to, so we're going to be reading out of the book of Jeremiah, and sometimes us as Christians, we can read the Bible very critically. What do I mean by that? We can read about what the prophets say um, to maybe the children of Israel, um, you know, maybe they're doing something a little funky, wonky, and how many of y'all know the prophets kind of get after that? You know, they're like, hey, not cool, you know? And so that what we can do when we read is we go, yeah, Israel, not cool. And listen, that's fine. We can, all, we can go, yeah, not cool, you know? But also, these things were provided as examples. That's what the New Testament says. So many of these things that were written are provided as examples for us to learn from. Can you say learn? That means we don't have it all figured out. Can I get an amen? amen? We don't have it all figured out and we need God. And we want to see what he has for us. So as we read in Jeremiah, we're going to be gleaning from what he says to Israel. Sound good? Okay. Jeremiah 2. So if, if, if you would, please, I have some words highlighted there. Um, any sections of words that I have highlighted, feel free to read those out loud with me as we go along. It says this, For my people have committed two evils. So again, this is, this is the Lord speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. For my people have committed two evils. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living waters. They carve out for themselves cisterns, Broken cisterns that do not hold water. How many of y'all regularly use the word cistern? Anybody? No, I mean, I know I don't. Um, it's kind of a unique word, and we're going to talk about what it means. Uh, let's go ahead and pull that up in the, in the voice translation. It says this, My people are guilty of two evils. They have abandoned me, the spring of living waters... And instead have settled. Can you say settled? settled. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. And instead have settled for dead and stagnant water. From cracked, leaky cisterns of their own making. I like that. They have settled for dead and stagnant water from cracked, Leaky cisterns of their own making. Listen, I want, I, want to, I want to present this to you. 
Maybe part of the reason you're exhausted is because you're leaking. Maybe you're building things that are incapable of holding the life and power of God. Maybe we are wasting energy, resources, time, investing in things, hoping they will bring us the life we seek. They can't. They can't. We were not designed to live a life where we visit cisterns, broken, cracked places where where water is held. We were designed to know God and have the Holy Spirit living in us, the very spring of life, the very spring of love, the source. Can you say source? What if instead of chasing life and love, we were being compelled by it? Do you hear me? What if instead of chasing it, you know, I get so exhausted chasing. I want to prove myself. You know, it's just like it's, ugh. And you just land in this place of like, oh my gosh, I just, I can't. Here's the good news. You don't have to. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't. Jesus, Jesus died. He proved himself so that we could be accepted, so that we could know peace, so that we could experience a true and indiscriminate love that we don't have to prove ourselves to attain. We don't need to get exhausted. We don't need to build these categories of our lives that we we try to get life from. You know, essentially the real issue with cisterns is that they're like doing life on our own terms. You know? It's like, so, so I'll tell you about what a cistern is. Before I do that, let's go ahead and pull up 2 Corinthians 5.14. Again, what if instead of chasing love... We were compelled by it. 2 Corinthians 5, 14a. Let's read this together. For the love of Christ compels us. Hmm. I like the complete Jewish Bible. Let's look at that too. Oh wait, this is J.B. Phillips. It says, the very spring of our actions is the love of Christ. The very spring of our actions is the love of Christ. See, that's so different because sometimes our actions are an attempt to attain the love of Christ. Or maybe we're not even there. To attain love, period. I want to tell you this. No other love than his love will satisfy you in the way you need to be satisfied. You can try to prove yourself to your friends. You can try to prove yourself in your workplace. You can try to prove yourself to yourself. Hello. All these places that we try to find life and we try to chase, they are incapable of giving you what you search for. What if instead of trying to get full, we just recognize that God is in us and wants us to overflow with his presence and power? 
What if? What if, guys? What if we what if we stopped settling? What if we woke up from our stupor? I don't use that word very often. Stupor. Ugh. But what if we woke up and we stopped settling and instead of building all of these things, wasting our time, we just committed to the simplicity of a life of following him, letting him be source, letting him be Lord, leading us in all things and experiencing true life, uncontaminated water. Because I'm sick of sipping on the leftovers of the world. Cisterns, cisterns, they, they collect water from rain, you know. Um, sometimes they're a holding place like you go to a, a river and you haul the water, you know. But oftentimes it's the rain that just like comes down in them, you know. And, and again, I, I just, I don't want to live my life where anything that falls is what I'm living by. Like, all you need is one dead animal, and that whole pit is nasty. It's easy for that to get contaminated. And I think some of us just live life like that. Like, well, whatever comes at me or to me, and you just, you know? Wake up. You're not a victim. You're a victim if you let yourself be. Wake up. It's time to move. Don't settle, man. And I tell you this out of love. Because you know what? It's, it's brutal to be a victim. It's brutal to just stay there. And I'm not saying bad things haven't happened to you, but again, hello, it's Redemption Sunday, y'all. He can take anything bad, flip it around for good. He wants to move. But we need to abandon these cisterns. Abandon these empty attempts for life and love and approval and power and worth and security. And we need to just come back to him. In Revelation, uh, Jesus is speaking and he's upset with the church because they've left their first love. God was enough once. Once upon a time when I really needed him. <laughs> and I gave my life to the Lord. Well, did you or did you just give him a little category, a little cistern? He wants it all, you guys. Like, he actually wants to fill every facet of our existence. In any category of our life that we keep off limits is just preventing his power from moving in. Come back to the spring, the very spring of life. Abandon all these empty efforts. Amen? <laughs> so let's go ahead and pull up a definition for cistern, since it is kind of an unfamiliar word. The rendering of a Hebrew word, y'all want to know how this is pronounced? This is hilarious. Bore. Bore. It's a bore in the cistern. You know what I mean? It's boring. It's bore, which means a receptacle for water conveyed to it. Distinguished from be'er, which denotes a place where water rises on the spot or a fountain. Cisterns are frequently mentioned in scripture. The scarcity of springs in Palestine made it necessary to collect rainwater in reservoirs and cisterns. Empty cisterns were sometimes used as prisons. 
Isn't that interesting? You know, again, the, the point of today is I don't want us to settle for a life where we're drinking contaminated, inferior water and ending up in the prison of an empty cistern. There's something better, dude. Like, there's something so much better. And this applies to every single human being in this room. There's room to grow. There's room for him to move. You know, cisterns, man, they're hard work to build. Um, I don't know if you've ever built a cistern. I personally have not. Um, but you have to dig a really big hole in the ground. I did some landscaping work. It took me like a month to finish this project. Holy moly, I've never looked so manly in my life. I'd come inside, Kara would be like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She wouldn't do that. I'm kidding. She did it inside, okay? I'm the expressive one in our relationship, so she just, she just thinks, mm-hmm. And I, I'm the interpreter, you see. <laughs> but I'll tell you this much, dude, like, I was exhausted. Like, so tired. And that's just tearing up, like, <laughs> I tore up maybe six inches of dirt for, like, I don't know, 400 square feet. Not that much. It ain't digging a cistern. What I'm saying is it is, it is so exhausting. We spend so much time and effort investment in these things, again, that we hope will bring life that just end up coming short. Even if there's a little season where you get that like, yeah, I did it. I feel good. They're called leaking cisterns for a reason, dude. You know what I mean? Because eventually you start to realize, oh, this wasn't everything I thought it was. Oh, no. You know? Let him be your source. Let him be your life. Don't grow exhausted trying to accomplish a work Jesus already did for you. Did you hear me? We're off digging, oh, I need to find a way to life. Jesus died on a cross so you could have it, so chill out. And embrace what he's done. And then let him lead you, compel you in love. So that, that the actions that we have in the earth, you know, sometimes, have you all ever been evangelized to someone who's just trying to prove to themselves that they can share the gospel? I have personally. I've been there before. I've felt like, man, you know what? I just, to be a good Christian, I just really need to make sure that I, I preach the gospel the right way. And listen, I'm not mad at the heart of that. I'm glad that people want to share the message of Christ. All I'm saying is when you function from a place of insecurity and trying to prove yourself, it loses its life. If rather, when we speak to people about Jesus, it's from a place of overflow. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to prove myself to you here. I know God wants to help you. Hello, that's different. There's so much power and potential here for real life change. Let's overflow. Let's not let this trying to prove ourselves bleed into any category of our Christianity. Amen? Cisterns are our attempt at obtaining life on our own terms. Instead of letting God be the source and fill of our lives, 
We waste time and energy carving out holding places for inferior forms of love, life, joy, acceptance, approval, and validation. God doesn't belong in another cistern or a separate category of your life. God is not your vending machine. Did you hear me? Wow, am I just like really getting after y'all? This is supposed to be encouraging. Thank you. Come on, I told y'all you can talk to me. Good word, preacher. Loving it. It's ministering to me deeply. Maybe that's just what's happening. You know? <laughs> God's not your vending machine. You see, these. we don't visit a thing to get our God fill and then leave it. If that's how we think about church, if that's how we think about Bible reading, if that's how we talk about any kind of devotion we're doing, we're missing the point. Again, there's, there's purpose in purposing to have moments of intentional engagement, okay? So I'm not coming at devotional times. I think that they're great. What I'm saying is you don't come to church on Sunday for your fill-up. Hello? We come together to overflow, to celebrate him, bring him glory, learn and grow together. But, but it's not this like, I need to be filled up for the week. And then, and then Saturday comes and you're like, church, please, Lord. And you're like, yeah, Jesus. And then it all starts over again. That's so exhausting. <laughs> I'm, I just did it. I'm exhausted. That was just a demonstration. But God is not, you don't, God I, God, I want life right now. Thank you. See you later. God, I want your leading right now. And so thank you. Now I'm going to go walk that out on my own. That's not how it works. We have the, the very spring, the, the life, the source in us. Anywhere we go, he goes with us. So in those moments, those times of intentional uh, pursuit, we don't leave them and go, thanks, later. We go, thank you, now let's go. And we go with him, amen? Come on, amen, church? God's not your vending machine, he's your loving father. He wants to be in relationship with you and help you through life. Don't, don't let your relationship with God be transactional. There's so much more. 1 John 4, 15 through 19. This is in the message translation. Y'all ready? This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen for ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent his Son as a Savior of the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's Son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. Does that sound like visiting a cistern? A little category that you've given him? No. Continues intimately. 
We know, it is, we know it so well. We've embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes from God. Ready? God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. This way, love has the run of the house. I think sometimes we invite God to come and live in us. And if, if we're a home, we trap him in the closet. Like, God, come live in me, but you can move in this little area. And we can go visit him, open up the closet. Hi, God, how you doing? Huh? We put them in our pocket. That's good. Don't put them in the closet. It's just, oh, hi, God. You have this cute little area. Yep. I know Harry Potter's a thing in Christianity, so please no one stone me, okay? But, like, if you've ever seen Harry Potter, Harry is given, like, this little room under the stairs. It's like a really little room. And it's just like so weird because his family has him living there, but they just give him this little teeny tiny room. And I feel like that's what we do to God. Put him in your cell phone. Put him in your cell phone. Interesting. God can only influence the rooms you invite him into. We meet him in the secret place. We don't try to keep him there. Do you hear me? Like, that's sometimes what we do is like, you know, I just have like, it's just my personal relationship with Jesus. Listen, God wants an intimate relationship with you, but it's certainly not personal in the way that it's just for, just yours and just for you and just to be hidden and off limits. Y'all, we're supposed to shine in the earth and overflow. And so as we say, God, come on out. Have run of the house, you get it all. That's when we see this love radiate out of us instead of being locked in a cellar. He loves you, he wants to move in all parts of your life, and he wants to change your life and the lives of those around you. But it's only as we let him overflow out of us. Amen? Whew. John 7. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. How many believers we got in the house? Hello? We got believers in the house? Okay, so then rivers of living water will flow from your heart. Open up the dams, abandon the cisterns, and let it flow. Here's a question. Are, are you coming to him like this says? This is an invitation. Come to me. Are you coming to him for life, or are you trying to get life in all of your going? 
when you feel exhausted or you feel like you're on the brink of like, ah, what do you do? Where do you go? What do you take refuge in? That'll reveal the, whether you're living a sister in life or whether you're regularly letting him be the source. If you're finding refuge in drink, if you're finding refuge in person, now I'm not saying God can't fill relationships. Actually, our next series is going to be about that. But what I am saying is all of those parts of our lives all of the categories are filled by him. He is not a category. Did you hear me? He's not a category. He's not a cistern. If our life is found in our goings, what happens when the goings become stoppings? Well, if, if your life is found in your career, what happens when you get fired? If your life is found in your significant other, what happens when they dump you or they cheat on you? What happens? If, if your life is in all of those goings, life is like, it feels like life is over when the goings stop. So maybe instead of going, come. Come to him. If anyone's thirsty, come to him and drink. The Spirit of God is in you. He wants to minister to you. He's called our helper. Let him help you. And let him help those around you. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. This is the Apostle Paul speaking from prison. It says, not that I speak from need, for I have learned to be content. Can you say content? In whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, in all of, in all of the goings, in all of the stoppings, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Here it is. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is not just to be shouted when you win a game. This is to be shouted when you feel like you're losing your mind. This is to be spoken when you are discouraged, when, when all of the circumstances don't line up. I can do all things. Through him who strengthens me. Through, and, and, and he's in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Y'all ready to read this whole thing together? Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? You can be a temple of God and not really realize it. Do you not know? Do you not realize? Like, like, think about it. How would your life be different if you recognized in every moment God's in me? Would things be different? And there's always room to grow in this.
John 14, 16 through 17. I just want to show you that, that this very spring of life is in us. This is Jesus speaking. This is before he went to the cross. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Can you say, in me? God is in us, y'all. Romans 5.5. 5. I told y'all I can't preach without sharing this scripture. And hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. If the love of Christ is to compel us, how dope is it that it's in us already? We don't need to go fill up at the gas station. He's in us regularly. We've received him. Yield to him. Let him be your life. Pour it out. Remember when I told you about taking refuge? I just want to show you that in Scripture. Psalm 36, 5 through 9. Your mercy, Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches. There's one there song. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Yeah, I saw some hands go up. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. Anybody? I think that was like one of those songs when I first started coming to church. They were, they were hitting it a lot, you know. It's a good one. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Lord, you protect mankind and animals. How precious is your mercy, God. Y'all ready? And the sons of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They will drink their fill of the abundance of your house and you allow them to drink from the river of your delights for the fountain of life is with you. In your light we see light. If all you see is darkness, you need to abandon the cistern and come home to the source. In his light we see light. A pessimistic worldview is not of him. I just want to tell you that. Oh, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Anybody ever hear people talk like this? Oh, I just want Jesus to come back. Listen, listen, I want Jesus to come back. And we say, Lord, come. We're stoked. But until he does, we're stoked about what he wants to do in the earth. Maybe stuff in us, but let's. It's like when we say things like that, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's like an excuse for us not to help it not. Get that handbasket out of there. You know what I mean? Kick it right out of your hand. Someone, was it Laura told me? It looked like Michael Jackson today. Kick it right out of their hand. <laughs> that was one of his moves, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> but let's not let that happen. We're not just spectators here. We're ambassadors. We want to see his kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. We don't just want to go, well, someday we'll get to heaven. Yuck. 
Let's overflow in the earth and see his light spread. Amen? So Ephesians 5.18 says this, And do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, now again, that word be filled with the Spirit, I think some of us go to gas station mentality with that. It's like, yeah, just get your fill, get gassed up, and then you, you drive your cute little car until you're running low again, and then fill up, and then keep going. That's not what this word means. That's not what be filled means. This is the complete Jewish Bible, so let's go ahead and pull up that translation. This is the proper utilization of be filled. It's kind of a poor translation to just say be filled. This says instead, keep on being filled with the Spirit. It's a present, active, regular thing that we're invited into. It's not a quick hit. It's not like a thank you, now I'm going to go do life. You know, I'm just feeling sad in this moment. Thank you, Lord. I feel sad. Make me feel happy. Now I'm going to go get sad again. You know what I mean? It's not like that. God wants to bring life to us and keep on filling us. See, there's no room for stagnance when the water is constantly turning over. Did you hear me? Stagnance, bacteria, all the jank happens when it just stops. When the waters aren't moving, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Last thing I'll say about cistern living is living with a cistern mindset can lead to fearful calculations. If, if, if the source of your life is a relationship with somebody. Anybody ever been with, like, so what, when you live like this, you end up being a needy person. Are you gonna leave me? Please don't leave me, please don't leave me. Anybody ever, ever see someone act like that? I've been like that. I was a needy little boy. And women were a, a, a source of life for me. I guess girls, I should I wasn't like a boy into, anyways. Y'all know what I'm saying, okay? I was, like, I was like 17 to 19 and girls and that's, anyways. But I was needy. <laughs> Thank you. I was needy. And it was so obvious. And even, even, even just in my own mind, when is this going to run out? When is the life of this going to run up? When is it going to lose its... It's spice. Y'all, it doesn't run up with him. You don't even have to think like that when you're actually letting him be your source. Bad things can come and we can thrive. Let me show you in Jeremiah 17, this is later, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Yeah, we're all, let's read this together. Y'all ready? But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. 
Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Come on, can I get an amen on that? Like, like that's us. I don't know what the drought in your life looks like, but he is faithful. He is ever-present. There's a spring of life in you to keep you green. Producing fruit, we don't have to wither. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You don't have to be withered, actually. There's real life in this season that you're in. I, I love that it says long seasons, long months of drought. Has anybody ever been there before? You feel like there's a long season of like, oh, circumstance will not define our fruitfulness or our satisfaction. He is our source. He is our life. I just want to pray this over you in closing. We can pull it up so people can see what we're looking at. I think Pastor Paul referenced this last week when you preached. So just, just receive this. And I'm going to pray this over all of us. And, and I want to, over me too. For this reason, I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.